Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 53. to episode number 53 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. And thank you to all the people out here who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. And we are going to have a great show today, man. A great, great, great show today. It is fully packed. It is packed, packed. So, man, I'm really excited about today's show. And um, man, I told you guys too, before we even start, I told you guys last week, the weather last week was super good. It was in the mid 60s, you know, in even the high 60s, we got up to like 68 one day, was nice and mild. And I told you guys, don't get too excited. I told you, don't get too excited because what happened this week in New York, right back down to the 30s and super windy. I knew it. That shit was just begging somebody. To, that was just a trap for somebody to get sick. I knew it. So winter ain't done with us yet. We got a few more days until we get into spring. And then it's going to take a few more days before it actually gets warm. So still wear them coats. You know what I'm saying? Because you could get got out here real easily. But I knew that weather was going to switch it up on us. I knew it because that's just how the weather be. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, 
beyond the weather and all that, I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood and I am ready to go. We're going to have a great show. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing song, was an amazing, amazing song by a great artist. It is called Long Live the Chief by Jadena off of the album The Chief. And I love this song. It's just, it's high energy. You know, I try to pick all my songs when I intro the show with high energy songs. Just trying to get the mood right. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to get the the energy right. Trying to trying to just kind of like set the tone for the show. Um, and I always try to pick up-tempo, you know, up-tempo or fast type songs to start the show. And then when we fade out, maybe I'll pick a slower song because it's over. But um, shout out to Jaidena, to Jaidena man. I, I'm a fan of him. I, He's kind of like a, he's like a, a different type of cat. I, that's why I like him so much. He's a different type of dude. He's like if the 50s produced a rapper. Like every time you see him, he's like got a three-piece suit on. He's got a slick back hairstyle. You know, he's got like he wears like a wallet chain and a pocket square. Like he's a different type of cat. And that's what's so beautiful about rap to me. Anybody can rap and be dope. It don't matter what you look like. It don't matter where you're from. It don't matter what you sound like. If you dope, you dope. And that's just the only thing you have to be. So shout out to Jadena, man. I, I really love that song. I don't know what he's doing right now either. That was the Chief came out, I want to say, in like 2017. And I don't know what the brother's been up to now. Maybe I'm just unaware. But I haven't really heard much from him since. But regardless, it's still a great song. And he's a super cool dude, in my opinion. So shout out to Jadena. We had to start the show with some good up-tempo shit. And long live the Chief. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard of before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... Help on the Way, located at 1344 Southern Boulevard, is a not-for-profit corporation that is committed to providing services and support to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities living in New York City. Established in 2006, Help on the Way is dedicated to assisting individuals in their quest to achieve the highest level of independence, inclusion, individuality, and productivity, both at home and in the community. Help on the Way was created out of the idea that each person has the potential for growth and personal development regardless of their disability. They carry the belief that each person is entitled to a meaningful life and should be empowered to pursue his or her life goals and aspirations. For more information and to see how to donate or get involved, you can visit their website at hotwny.org. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 53. son where'd you find this all right so we're getting right to it today we have a very 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 special guest very very special guest here today 
She hey, is yeah. a Bronx-based <laughs> artist, writer, mental health advocate, and entrepreneur. Her name is Andrea Marie. How are you, Andrea? Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. There weren't enough berries in there, but I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very, 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 very special. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And you are. You are very, very special. We only have very special guests on this podcast. Okay. Okay. But so I you, you fit the criteria. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Thank so, you so much for having me. Andrea, how are you? I am well. I am well. I am feeling really good today on this rainy Bronx <laughs> afternoon, but that's okay. It's all good. I am really well. Thank you for asking. And you? I'm doing well as well. I'm happy to have you on. I, I'm very excited to speak to people who are doing the things that you do. Um, I think it's very important to have, mm-hmm. to have uh, people like you in the work that you do in the field. So we're going to get right to it. So Andrea, can you tell the people where are some of the places that they can reach you if they want to get in contact with you or see all the work that you do? Okay. Um, the main place that you can find me for now is on Instagram at distractible me. That's the handle. Um, it is spelled D I S T R A B L E. M E distract able me to put it all together. Um, and I'm also on Twitter. It's the same spelling, but just with two E's instead of one. Um, I also have my statement apparel merch at my bonfire store, um, bonfire, my store slash distractable me. The link is in my Instagram bio in case anybody was like, what did she just say? (laughs) So, Um, you have the link for that. That's also in my Instagram. So I would say that the best place to find me is on Instagram. Okay. That's great. Instagram is such a useful tool for people who, people who don't know, Andrea just reached out to me on a random day and said, Hey, (laughs) do you have any open spaces available? So that, (laughs) that's just shows you how great Instagram is where someone says, Hey, I do a pod. They want to come on. It's open. It's an open, open platform where everyone could communicate and socialize. So it's a very useful, very useful. Instagram is awesome because Instagram has opened a lot of doors for me. It's opened a lot of doors for people to reach out to me who are mental health advocates, you know, um, that wanted to invite me to poetry slams and open mics and Mm -hmm. told me about galleries and curations and things like that, which, you know, if we want to talk about, we can get into that. But it's just the fact that it is a huge platform mm-hmm. for for connecting and collaborating. It's been amazing. It's really been amazing. Indeed, indeed. So, so, Andrea, how has, you know, we've gone through such a rough year this last year and even it's carrying over into this year. So how has COVID and 2020 in general, how has that affected you and with that all the, you personally and all your business ventures? Um. COVID affected me, well, experiencing COVID affected me in two parts. The first part was um, I work for the New York City Department of Education. So I'm a full-time worker for school systems. And mm-hmm. so when New York went on pause in general, mm-hmm. um, it affected everybody. And some people more than others where they didn't have a job. 
at the end of the day, but I still did by grace. And even though I could still come to work, um, well, actually we shut down physically, but we were still working remotely. But just think about it. The fact that we were still employed mm-hmm. speaks volumes. And watching everyone else who wasn't, watching businesses close, watching looting, watching this and simultaneously with the Black Lives Matter movement, simultaneously with what was going on in Washington and all these things and the death tolls and just not even in the city, but beyond was just palpable. It was mm-hmm. a lot to take in. Um, I saw in that it brought out the best and the worst it seemed like in people across the board. Um, but on a global scale now, you know, it's not just your local news. This is stuff you're seeing worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an historical time that when this happened, you know, at night, what, 100 years goes by before we had a pandemic of this magnitude, if not worse. So um, it affected me because it showed me, like I said, how humanity can be, mm-hmm. what we go through, what we experience, what we take for granted. And the spirit of humanity, how we can connect, how we can reach out, how we can help each other um, any way we can when we don't have, when we need, with the food lines growing, people were still feeding the hungry, with um, the tolls, the death tolls rising, people were still going out from making masks to uh, volunteering food, to volunteering cooking, to pantries you know, being stacked with whoever had excess, you know, mm-hmm. who had money, who were working, you know? So the community uh, spirit was strong in ways I've never seen before. Not since 9-11, I was out there to say when, just in one day, speaking as a New Yorker, this whole city, when we say shut down, it's shut down. Mm-hmm. And only a New Yorker, well, not only, but as a New Yorker experiencing 9-11, the fear and the terror and the sense of helplessness was just unreal. And uh, kind of have that happen in a different form, understand, in a different set, being in a form of a virus sweeping through the city that no one knows is coming or going and things just being shut down left and right, and your whole world changing. That's got to be traumatic. And that kind of trauma, when you don't know what to go, what to do, is very intense. So it, 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 um, it really changed my. It really reiterated my perspective on how humanity can be a great source of support. Okay, and we can still rise above no matter what we go through, no matter what happens to us. We will find a way. We just don't know how to be any other way. When it came to the business, um, it was uh, the catalyst. I feel like for the inspiration behind me coming out of my shell and being more open about my advocacy as a pure mental health advocate because mm-hmm. I lived with PTSD. I was diagnosed in 2012. So I had a slight trigger when the pandemic started spreading around and things started shutting down. And we were isolated and confined to our homes. And I remember from my treatments how to handle and how to manage. And I said to myself, you know, how else is everybody handling? How else is everybody dealing with things? And even though I'm just one person, what could I do to make a difference, even if it's in some small way? Mm-hmm. And I was already, actually, before the pandemic happened, I was already raising funds for the National Alliance of the Mental Ill. We were, there was a, they have what's called NAMI walks, like any, like a lot of um, organizations where they have walks to raise funds. 
um, they were having theirs and I participated for the first time. I was actually starting my own team. I never had a team before. And um, when everything shut down, I was like, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to raise funds? So um, I heard about Bonfire, which is a website that that helps people like make designs and make t-shirts, you know, either for their groups or for their events and stuff like that. And they have an option of raising funds. So you can start a store or you can raise funds and they just basically do all the work for you. They do like how Shopify kind of work, but it's just their own, this is their platform. So um, I signed up, I started my shirts, shirts became mugs, mugs became tote bags (laughs) tote bags became mass. And then next thing you know, I'm, you know, making over 70 designs. Right. And all of them have a theme. Um, and the theme is depending on whether it's about racial trauma, whether it's about um, mental health, whether it's about um, suicide prevention, it's that, you know, you can fight, you can overcome, you can achieve. And sometimes it's an imagery, some, some, some designs are in words, but the key point was to make some kind of difference. And if I had to be sitting at home, then this was what I was going to do. Um, and that's how I was able to raise some funds. I was able to raise about what almost close to $300 for NAMI doing it that way on top of the walk, on top of custom orders when some people started seeing some of my designs and that was a really good feeling. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. From that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It it was great. And so I started raising funds for NAMI and then I reached out to sign up for food bank NYC to do some stuff for them. Mm -hmm. Um, The American foundation for suicide prevention and I raised a couple of dollars, you know, a few things, a little bit of money for do something.org and and another organization in Chicago called Rebels for Peace. And I just, yeah, it was it was really nice, you know, to to be able to feel like I could do something. I just felt like I needed to do something for others and not just myself, because I felt blessed to have a job. So just because I'm still able to walk home back and forth and be employed and still see my kids and still you know, have food, clothing, shelter over my head, I felt like even if it's selling a t-shirt to give a proceed to an organization that will help stop people or help stop the stigmas and help them prevent them from, you know, committing or even thinking about suicide, why not? Yeah, that's the, so that is like what I've seen in 2020 as it relates to COVID or how people are dealing with COVID and how it's affected the world. I've noticed this perfect what you just said. So many people are one going into business for themselves, trying to figure out how they can use their own minds to make a living for themselves. And yes. two, the amount of support and love that is being put out into the universe more than what I've seen. Because when 9-11 happened, like you mentioned, I was a child. I was mm. in the fourth grade. You know, mm. I didn't really see it on that level. So mm-hmm. this is the first time in my life as an adult where I'm seeing like, okay, people are really stocking community fridges or people are donating supplies, material, right. things like that, at least. And it, it you no, know, at first you, it catches you off guard. You're saying, wow, I never, I've never even seen anything like this before. I've never even experienced anything like this. I didn't know that people even had this capacity 
you know, to do yes. all these things. And then yes. you, as the year goes forward and forward and forward and forward, the unity due to we see the uh, the racial uh, um, the racial unrest, right? The unity mm -hmm. that brought people together with that and exactly. the unity that it brought people together with dealing with COVID. So mm -hmm. 2020, a lot of people were looking at it as a rough year, as a difficult year, as a tumultuous year. But at mm -hmm. least as far as I'm concerned, me with this podcast, doing it, and I started it in 2020, and then seeing okay. how other people are just being active members of society. It's like, it's been, actually, there's a lot of beauty that we could take from 2020. I didn't see it all as a negative thing because there was yes. a lot of things that came from it that probably wouldn't have come from it if COVID never even came here. So right. it's like, you always got to take the positive with the negative. And there right. was a, a lot of positive to take from what we went mm -hmm. through. There was. And that's a, and right. And that's a very valid point because that's what I was seeing. That's, I mean, I saw both sides, but to, 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 to piggyback off of what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, to, to see how we can all take something and turn it into something better that shows our, our capacity that shows our ability to be mm -hmm. the greatest things that we are, which are living human beings. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's kind of, it's kind of ironic that it's sometimes it takes adversity to bring that out, right. to really bring the fruit to fruition, to have the stories to tell our generations to say, this is why you should be positive. This is why you should never give up hope. This is why you are strong and can persevere. Look at these stories. Look at these situations That's that right. happened to us. That's right. That was extremely lost and extreme situations, but we don't know how to do anything better other than to survive, but not just survive for the sake. Right. But to survive for the hope of the future. Right. The betterment of the future. The, re the reaffirmed passion that we have as human beings that we're going to be okay no matter what. And we're going to have joy and we're going to have all those things. You know, we just need to figure out how to get it done. And once we do, we're, we're, there's no stopping us. 100%. 100%. That's, you, you put a bow on that perfectly. That was great. <laughs> that was great. You did. You, put a, you tied that up nicely. So, Andrea, you know, it's important yes. for me to have on people like you. Because mm -hmm. in our community, and, and from what I see dealing with people, my friends, my family, and just mm. people in the world that I've come in contact with, the words mental health bring forward a lot of different emotions and feelings. But usually in our communities, it's always seen as a negative. Mm -hmm. If someone is struggling with anxiety, with depression, with PTSD, with schizophrenia mm -hmm. even, they mm -hmm. generally feel like they're they are an outcast they feel like they won't mm -hmm. receive the proper love or treatment or people won't understand them and what they are going through and mm -hmm. oftentimes because of those feelings people don't seek treatment people don't right. seek help people don't know that there's a community of people out there who deal with the same things right. so it's very very important for me to bring on people like yourself i had yes. uh jamal on also who is a mental health advocate with the black matter of power brand yeah. And the question that the first question <laughs> I want to know, yes, the guy, the homie, shout out yeah. Jamal. 
That's not, yeah, I'm a brand ambassador. Good them, guy. Man. That's a so great that's, brother, man. That's I the love tribe that. right there. <laughs> yes, yes. So the first question I want to ask you is, what inspired you to start your career focusing on mental health? Uh, it piggybacks off of what we just discussed. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, in all honesty, even now, as I'm doing this, as I'm recording this, you could not tell me a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, I would say out loud, I have post-traumatic stress disorder or I live with post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. because I was in that same category where I grew up seeing the word mental health or mental anything as madness or crazy or um, disturbed, deranged, you know, just nothing but negativity, neg- nothing but negativity. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, when there are situations in certain circumstances, you don't have to necessarily have a mental illness where if you are in a state of psychosis, you mm-hmm. those, those person or persons may do some things that are not nice and not healthy and very harmful, granted. However, um, that's not the status quo for everybody, okay? That's a state of psychosis. It is what it is. It's a state where in that particular situation, that person's mindset is just not right mm-hmm. at that time or at that moment. And that's not the, the broad brush when it comes to mental anything. Mental health is the, the seeking desire and maintenance of a sound mind and body, as well as it would be the equivalent of physical health. Your mental health is just, is just as important to check up as it is your body. Mind and body work together. So when you have either situations where let's say, you know, you had an event in your life or events in your life that caused emotional stressors that were not, you know, uh, managed or not and, and handled or addressed, or if you had an accident and, you know, it's some, something happened to the cerebral cortex, you know, um, um, the area where certain areas of the brain are affected, um, that may have affected mood, that may have affected cognitive cognitive abilities, um, um, medications sometimes do this. You know, we've got to be careful because a lot of times we're seeing what we see on TV, right. seeing what we see in movies. We're hearing what generation after generation has said that may not have understood what was going on. There's a, there's a, a plethora of reasons why certain things are the way they are, but that does not mean it should be stigmatized as, oh, you know, I can't talk about that. Or that's something that's taboo. And it just doesn't work because then you wind up untreated. And then these things that perpetuate what you see on TV could happen because there's no treatment. There's no support. There's no understanding. There's no empathy. There's no compassion. And those are the things when you see those things you see, that's because they've reached that level 20. Something happened or is not happening that escalated to that space. But all of that is preventable. And all of those things are treatable before they even get there. Right. Um, so I think I was slightly off. Can you, can you repeat the question? <laughs> because I get so passionate don't worry, about don't, it. Hey, don't. That's, I get into that's, this but passionate see, about that it. That is what we like, need. That is what we need. We need to, for you to, like, basically 
teach it to us, you know, for, from your yeah. experience. So the original question is what inspired you to start your career in yeah. focusing on it? So what originally, thank you. I went on a, I went on a, Hey, that's good. That's and I, good. And I, and I do not regret it. I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But anyway, um, with that being said, bringing it back, um, I, in the 2020 situation, in the COVID pandemic, as I was doing my mental health research, as I was doing my walk or preparing for the walk, um, the services that NAMI provides helped me to really read up and research and remember because I went to them for services when I was diagnosed. So that's the first space. Um, but just supporting them helped me feel more comfortable with saying, you know what, this is what I look for. Um, what else can I do besides just say that? Just saying that, talking about it wasn't enough. So I figured, why not start someplace where I know, someplace right. that's familiar. And for me, um, art therapy was something that I, I had as part of my treatment. Mm -hmm. So I draw a lot. I write a lot. I do a lot of quotes. I just didn't share them with the world. I did it for me. And so I started thinking, what can I do? And so that's when I started with the apparel at first and sharing my quotes that I wrote. Um, I also write letters. Um, I started doing that. Then the painting, oh boy, I, I just love color theory. And so it made me think in my head, I could do this as a business. I can have an emporium because I just can't do one thing. I'm distracted with me. I'm distracted. <laughs> I get distracted by my ability to do things that, that, can, that can manifest a greatness. Right. That's why my name is distracted with me. Right. I get distracted, but by good things things that I can do. And so painting wasn't enough, just quote writing, just designing. So I said, you know what, if I start a business, when I start a business, it's going to have all of that. It's going to have art, it's going to have writing commissions, like for quotes or letters to get into organizations. Like say, if you want me to write letters to children who, who, you know, want to get a letter, anonymous letter from someone that says, Hey, keep up the good work. You're doing great. Hang in there, you know, um, to uh, the merch, Right. Uh, yeah. So that's that's what started it. That's, that's great. Started yeah, that's great. I and, love and speaking, advocating. Yeah. I love like hearing like people's different inspirations for why they begin things. So one episode I had um, a, ba a a pastry chef on. Oh, she, she was just telling a story about how she went to a uh, one of her daughter's friend's birthday parties. Mm -hmm. And she saw that the different treats and cupcakes that they had in the house. And she thought to herself, I could do this too. <laughs> and she literally just started her business. And like you hear like the, the types of things that get the bug in people's ear and mm -hmm. motivate them to do different things. Mm -hmm. It's like the mm -hmm. simplest thing, the mm -hmm. simplest thing. You've always been mm -hmm. a person who has been distracted by your ability to do different things. Yes. But one, it only took one catalyst. Yes. <laughs> for, for it to explode into a business. See, like exactly. that. I love hearing those things because it's like, I just want to know, like, how did you start? What what was that yeah. one thing that gave mm -hmm. you that last push to mm -hmm. start? Because you we, know, always, we always had the talent. You just needed something to get you there. Yeah. It's that one spark. That's it. 
And the irony is really quickly that this is not my first time around this block when it comes to starting a business. Right. Um, about in 2006 or 2007, I was actually selling on jewelry and home decor on Etsy.com. Mm. I've stopped since then. I mean, 2012 or 13, I stopped and I started working. So actually I was working at home. I was a work at home mom. Um, I had my son and I was, so I was, I was doing what I was doing because then um, I had a lot of traumas and I had a lot of things going on. And so again, art helped me feel better. It helped me um, deal with my emotions and what was going on, the ups and downs. And I just happened to learn from somebody, a a friend, how to make jewelry. And so it went from there to jewelry to a little bit of writing to home decor. And I did that for about, so yeah, from 2006, so about seven years working from home. So that was the catalyst to just deal with what was going on and turned it into a business. And even then I was giving portions, like in, I think some of my posts, it shows um, for the American Cancer Society and things like that, that even then I was still volunteering. And even then I was still, thinking about the community. It was never always just, okay, I'm just going to make this money because I'm going through stuff. No, I actually still always thought about something else, someone else, even in that time. Yes. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's like a rekindling, I guess, but just in a different direction. Yeah. See, I love hearing those things. So the next question I have for you is what do you want to convey or what would you like your overall message to be with your movement? You know, I, when I look, when I think about it on a real level, what do I want to do with this podcast? What is it that I want to really accomplish with this? And I think about how I just want to give people the motivation into using their voice. You know, Mm -hmm. your voice matters in more ways than you think it does. And it's not just necessarily recording on a podcast and putting it out. It could be what you do with your family and your friends, what you do in school, what you do with your community, just Mm -hmm. using the, the, the voice or using your environment to fuel what you would like to see out of it. You know, a lot of times you have these ideas of, man, I wish my school had a great music program. Mm -hmm. Well, why can't you then say, you know what? I want to see if I can make that happen. I want to partner mm-hmm. with some non-for-profits. Maybe we can get some sponsorships. That's just an example. Mm-hmm. So when I do my podcast, it's just like, I want to let you guys know that, hey, I'm just a guy from the Bronx. You know, I'm just out here seeing the same world that y'all seeing. Mm-hmm. But it's something that is extremely valuable to mm-hmm. me to put these messages out of positivity, of you, of unity, of love and passion, and that you can that you can, whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it, right? Yes. That's always what I love to push out with this podcast. Beyond we we make jokes and we have fun and stuff. (laughs) But beyond that, it's just, I want to put that message out like, whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. And your voice is something that is, that's something that is very powerful. So, with Distractable Me and with all your other business ventures, yes. what is the overall message of it? What is that one thing that you want people to stick to when they see you and they see your products? One thing I want to stick to is I close my eyes and I visualize my manifestation. I want people, whether they see uh, a shirt, whether they put a shirt on around their body, 
whether they hang up a painting on their wall, whether they uh, download a quote um, to put in their office for their therapy sessions so their clients can come in and see. That's what I want. I want to see my work transcend as a message of I can do this. Everything's going to be okay. That I don't need to have special things or special names or special titles to make a difference. Mm. Okay. Cause like, you know, like you say you're typical bronze. I'm a typical bronze girl. I'm a typical mom. I'm a single mom. I don't have degrees. I don't have any of those things yet. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is where I am right now. And just like, and just like you, you know, I, I believe in me and I believe in my ability to make somebody ton of a difference to someone, you know, words are powerful. Indeed. Images are powerful. People are powerful because that's where they come from. They mm-hmm. come from that spirit source within you that's meant, that's encased in an organic being. But when you put a pen to paper, when you put a print on a shirt, when you put a brick on top of brick on top of brick, that's coming from a human being. Even if you typed it into a machine to make it do it, you created that idea. You created that design. And the power of the mind is just phenomenal. It's a spirit guide led, you know, uh, mission, but the mind makes the mechanics happen. And what I want to convey is that pretty much what my model says, that you can be distracted by your abilities to manifest your greatness. Mm. So if you see something that I created, and it moves you and it inspires you or it educates you or it makes you curious, then I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. Well, what is this about racial culture? But what is this about mental health? But what does she mean get distracted? What is she talking about? I want the conversations to start. I want the chin rubbing to begin. I want the thinking to, to be continued, a conversation that can lead to what we just talked about. Somebody saying, you know what? I could start an organization or, hey, you know what, I could, you know, get out there and protest, you know, <laughs> I want yes. my voice to be heard. I heard yes. I'm really good at speeches. Maybe I should get to, you never know. You never know. And it can start from anything as a, from apparel to a piece of paper that you see a pretty design on or anything. You just never know because the human spirit, the human spirit is limitless. Yes. Yes, indeed. Let me let me give you some snaps. Like we had a poetry, like we had a poetry slam. Give you some snaps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so proud of you. I'm gonna say really quickly, Thank I'm so you. proud of you. You know, I, I just it just gave me goosebumps just hearing your story about having your first podcast and what inspired you. Brother, I commend you. And I'm inspired just by being here talking to you. I'm telling you, you would never got me on an air to talk about anything out loud anywhere. Like, no. <laughs> that's great, man. That's great. And first, first, thank you so much for those words. And that is that's the point. Like, you know, so many people that I have come on, they all the first thing they always say to me is, Oh, you know, I've never recorded anything like that. That's mm-hmm. not the it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because <laughs> What you have to say 
regardless if you are a mental health advocate or if you started a small business or if you're a teacher, if you're a yes. if you're a car salesman, yes. you unique lived experience that is worth hearing. You may yes. encounter something in your life that maybe there's somebody in Alaska who had the same experience you had. And maybe they just needed to hear it from somebody else for them to say, you know what? Everything is going to be okay because this person had the same experience as me and they they turned out just fine. Why can't I? I think I'll be just fine too. Yes. And that's the point. Yes. That's the point. That's why I want to make this platform open. I want to have as many different types of people on here because there's more than what I can just tell you. Obviously, I'm yes. just one man. I'm just one person in one place. So when I have the opportunities to speak to different types of people, you get different types of shows because people have different interests, people have different experiences, and people have different stories. And that's why it's like so great that I can have all these different types of people on because you get to hear something different every single time you turn in beyond just what I'm saying. You know, they know what I sound like. They know my voice. They know what yeah. the things that I like and dislike. So the opportunity for the for <laughs> other people, that is what I that's why that's why I have it open like this. Because it's like you wouldn't probably have a chance to hear it yeah. any other way. Yeah. And and come on, you know how we grew up as a kid when we even now when we turn on the radio and we listen to um certain podcasts and programs and shows, and you would just listen in and tune in and hear all the different experiences and different people and different stories. You know, you remember that. Yes. You remember that. You take that with you. You carry that with you. And that becomes a memory that could become a reality. More than a memory. More than it becomes an action to say, hey, I want to have that kind of inspiration, too. Yes. I want to have that kind of effect, too. I want to have that platform, too. And look at you. It's not. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I. I. I, I won't. I won't take all the credit. I won't take all the credit. But it's not too bad. It's not too bad. All right. So the next question I have for you, Andrea, is: mm. What are some shortcomings or pitfalls that you had to try and overcome when you started your journey in this field? You know, with me, it's just you know I was recording my voice. I was putting my voice out there. I was putting myself out there. And I was so, I had a lot of nervousness about it. how am I going to be received? Are people going to like me? Are people going to like mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Are people going to even be interested? Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you fight past that and you push past that, mm -hmm. realize all the, the, the things that it could bring to you because you stuck mm -hmm. with it. So in your journey or in your experience, what were some of the biggest things that you had to overcome when you started in this journey? I say the same thing, negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. I have to say that number one negative self-talk text, you know, and whose best friend is fear. Right. Okay. Negative self-talk and fear, they're they're like they're like best friends. They're best friends. Okay. Um the fear was whispering to negative self-talk. Yeah, start telling her, you know, people are gonna think she's crazy. She's talking about PTSD and then her family gonna be in problems and they're gonna have this and they're gonna have that and all these things and or and and in my head um, it tried it. It tried to talk. It tried to uh, whisper to me. And I, and I ignored it. I thought about it. It got some, it got a few minutes of thought. So that's how much attention it got. Right. It didn't get any more. Because as I said, I think the more I started reading, the more I started becoming more exposed to others who are mental health advocates. And the more in my therapy too, because I do have a therapist. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we started talking. The more support I got. So, in the beginning, I would say negative self talk, trying to affect me, uh, fear, trying to stop me. Um, um, sometimes physically, it's uh, fatigue. Sometimes I have a lot of pain in my body. Um, my eyesight is changing. Um, I don't see things the way I used to see it. I don't know if that's just from hereditary or something medical I need to get checked out, but it's just the fact that I'm aware. So those are challenges, but they're challenges I work with. They're challenges that I'm working on. They're not something that I'm going to sit and let stop me. I may have to modify things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop me. So I would think I would say those things. Okay, that's great. And it's 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 not. I would I always try to. I think my mom used to say it all the time. You got to, sometimes you take the loss, but you don't lose the lesson. And you got to turn all your tragedies into triumphs. That's it. Straight up like that. That's it. Straight up like that. So um, the next question for you, Andrea, is what advice would you give to a person who realized that maybe they had, they were dealing with some kind of mental health ailment? And they wanted to seek treatment. You know, a lot of times people don't seek because they don't know how to seek or they don't know where to go. So is there any advice that you can give to a person out there who may, may, maybe don't know or are aware that they are dealing with something in terms of their mental health and they would like to seek some treatment for it? Well, first and foremost, if they have a question about anything and they're not sure if it's even mental or has to do with mental, but if they're not feeling right, if they are just just feeling off or if they um, are having difficulty dealing with certain situations, they find themselves finding themselves with a lot of emotional stressors, mm-hmm. you know, getting upset easy and frustrated easy, you know, one minute feeling happy and another minute feeling sad. You know, before we put the label mental health on it, first it has to be, what's going on with me and if they can see, they can speak with their physician and explain what they're concerned about. Something as simple as a good, such with a conversation basically. Um, hey, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm having mood swings that I don't understand. You know, my friends or my family saying, you know, one minute I'm snappy and the next minute I'm sad and the next minute, well, I've been tired a lot lately. You know, it starts with a conversation. The physical health has to get checked out. But sometimes it could just be something physical um and because you don't know what it is it's affecting your mood so once that's passed then um um be open try your best to be open to say if everything checks out say well maybe should i you know can you recommend an assessment maybe i should um see uh a therapist or maybe or do you recommend anyone do you have a department here or something for psychology or counseling or something because it still feel the way I feel. I still get moody. I still feel fatigued, even though you're telling me everything's fine. Maybe I need to figure, maybe there's something else. Be okay with that. It starts with the person to say, I'm not okay. And I know I'm not okay. Something just doesn't feel right. Push past what you think other people would think. Push past. I know it sounds, it does sound harder than what I'm saying. It does, it's not, it's not that easy to just say. Well, yeah, it's easy for you to say you're doing. I get it. I get it. Um, 
it doesn't even have to be said out loud. It could be even in an email to your, to your physician. If you don't have a physician, um, or if you're not in treatment, there are, there's a national alliance, I'm not plugging them, but I am plugging them. Um, they have a helpline. Um, there's NYC, well, for New Yorkers at least, I can speak for New York. There's, right. there's NYC Well, mm-hmm. which is a confidential service where you can call up and say what I just said. And that is, you know, I don't, I don't know, something's going on with me. I'm not sure what it is. Can I talk to someone? I, I need to figure this out. And they'll help you. They'll speak with you and they'll see what medically can be done for you, what resources are there for you. So my point is, is reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts with the conversation with yourself to say, am I okay? Oh, I think I'm okay, but sometimes I'm just, sometimes I'm just off. Or I seem to be affecting people around me in a negative way, a little too much. Maybe I need to get the second opinion mm-hmm. from somebody that doesn't know me. You sometimes it's the way you talk to yourself. You know, you can have a conversation and say, you know, too many times my my kids seem I'm being seem like I'm snappy and I'm irritated or whatever. And maybe it's just them, or maybe it's not. Maybe I need to just do a quick assessment. Just to see. I'm just curious. To start with a conversation like that. And you may never know what you find out. It's true. Okay. So it starts with that. And there's resources online. You can Google free counseling services or confidential counseling services in my state. Or just Google, type in Google, who can I talk, like, where can I go to talk about my mental health? You know, it starts with research after you talk the conversation. If you don't have a physician, if you do have a physician, talk with your physician and have an open conversation. Keep it real, real, real. And if you're not satisfied with what they have to say, that's okay. That's when you go to uh, resources in your area. Just, just, just type it in and see what they have and check them out. Most of them are free. You don't need insurance to have a conversation. Very true. Very true. See, great. That's great advice. And I hope whomever is out there who, who needs to seek some treatment, if they're having a little difficult time right now, you know, reach out, you know, reach out. There's, the Internet is a beautiful place with a lot of information. There's you yeah. have access to so much more than our forefathers had and previous generations had. So the Internet is a beautiful mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. and there's a lot of reasons and, 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 available. Yes, I agree. And, and Instagram has a lot of resources. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these organizations we're talking about have Instagram. Legit, nonprofit, 501c. I mean, oops, I'm saying what you know what I mean. Yes. Legit. They're not just, oh, I'm just saying I am because I am. No. They're, they're out there and they have links and they have services. Just you can hashtag. You can look it up in Google. And mm-hmm. the social media platform can be a positive thing for people who are looking for services, services, services confidential that's a key word confidential you don't have to give out your personal information right. just to do research right so andrea um well, the next question i have for you is what keeps you motivated in this space you know when i think about the why do i feel so energetic <laughs> to come in here and do this podcast every week and i never had that feeling with any other previous place of employment that I had. 
I never was excited to go to a to work, but I'm always excited to come here and do the podcast. And I'm thinking <laughs> about it in my mind, and I'm saying, where is this motivation coming from? And the chief thing of the motive, yeah. where the the chief reason of my motivation is, when people like yourself or others, random message, hey, I just so mm-hmm. happened to come across your show on Google or <laughs> on the on the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify. You're doing a great job. I just wanted to uh-huh. say that to you. Or when you know I do Q and A from listeners and people send me questions, or if I'm going through something difficult and I s- shared it on the podcast. People come out and they send me love. Oh, man, I hear you having a difficult time. Everything's going to be all right. We're praying for you. Something like that. And it's just like in my head, it's just like, how could I ever even think about stopping? Right. It's just like, so every single time I turn the mic on, I just get that energy, that rush of, of <laughs> rush of adrenaline. Because it's like, I'm so happy. Like, yeah, I'm just I can happy see it. To be doing this. <laughs> and I wasn't doing this previously. So. In your field, and especially because you interact with a lot of people, what is what is the chief motivation? What keeps you so motivated in this space? The people. The people motivate me. Um, um, my kids motivate me. Um, children. Honestly, it's children. It's mm-hmm. the it's the youth. It really is. It really. I have to think about that. I have to think about that question. What motivates me? And and, and it's the kids. It's the future. I think about all yeah, I, all the adults I can talk to, but I think about the teenagers. I think mm-hmm. about the young adults. I think about the babies, and I think about them and how because they're the ones that have a voice that's usually silenced the mm. most or controlled the most. You know, not all, but a lot. And they're young, and so you know, um, it's them. It's it's mostly them that that what I'm doing, what it looks like today, what I could do or what I could do or what I'm doing that inspired another adult or another young adult that is going to have them do something that that child, that adult, that, I'm sorry, that child, that teenager is going to go, oh, oh, wow. You know, or somebody bought, say, for example, a painting of mine and they're in their session or they're walking down the hall or they go into the clinic and they see it. And it makes them smile. It makes them feel good. It makes them want to go home and draw something. Who knows? You know, that's what motivates me: the the future, the youth. Yes. And 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 then a, a a close, very very close second is just the community. The people motivate me because they motivated me when I needed them. The community motivated me when I needed them. And so it's like a give back mm-hmm. for me. And it feels good to give back when I can give back. I can't get, I, I wish I could have more. I could do more, a whole lot more than what I'm doing now. Um, but if I had my own nonprofit, then hey, yeah, I could do what I want. <laughs> I can, you know, that's next on the list. Yeah. Down the road, just manifesting, just manifesting. But you know, <laughs> you know, just saying. But um, for now, right. The people and the children motivate me. Children of the future, they they. You know what? You know what's funny? I, I had a conversation um, with another podcaster, and we were talking about how when we were kids, me and him, we when we were kids, we would listen to the radio, like you mentioned too. We would listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. Podcasting is radio for yes. the younger generation. 
So the same way we listen to local radio stations, my my mom loved Kiss FM or yes. WBLS, right? Yes. Remember that? Remember them? The same way how the kids, you know, everything's on your phone now. So the same way the kids get on Spotify or they get on SoundCloud or they get on Apple Podcasts mm. and they mm. listen to these different things. And it's just like how we did it in a different form. Podcasting mm. is internet radio. And yes. internet is the biggest thing in the world. So everything obviously is runs through it. Yeah. How we used to have the old boom box in the house. Oh, they just God. use their phone. <laughs> they know. just use their phone. And that <laughs> is like, you know, when young people hit me up and they say, yo, I'm a 20 year old from Kansas or I'm a 22 nice. year old from Louisiana. I heard your show. Man, it's it's so great. I, I loved it, you know, or man, this inspires me. I didn't even know I could do something like this. I want to try now from hearing you. Mm. It's just like, dang, it make me want to cry. Like, wow, like you got wow. all me. And I'm just yeah. this guy in New York with a microphone. Yeah. You know? So yeah, doesn't like, that feel great? It's just the the biggest thing, like <laughs> the biggest. And it's like, I will not, if I'm able, if I'm not, obviously, if I'm not sick, or if I'm not yes. going some real big deal in my life personally, yeah. I'm coming in here every week and I'm turning on the microphone. I'm <laughs> turning it on. It has to come on. I have to speak. And this transitions yeah. right into our next, our next question. Awesome. How can we leave a path for the future generation of people? <laughs> That's a... Good question. How can we leave? We can leave a path for the future generation by investing in each other. Mm. When I say that, I mean by collaborating um, and making these financial investments in the businesses that are doing these collaborations. Mm -hmm. If our money, meaning our money, meaning our people, wherever you are, um, invest in us, you're giving back. You're replenishing the well. You're watering the garden. And when you do that, the path continues. The path will keep growing. It will keep building, you know, um, let's just be real, you know, 2020, again, the businesses, so many businesses shut down, walking through Manhattan, it's just sad at mm -hmm. times to see so many things that was just flourishing, just gone. And that's from, you know, sometimes we didn't invest in our own pots. We just invested in other things, but we didn't invest in our own communities and, 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 um, we can keep that path going by investing in each other, by investing in our businesses, investing in our in the dreams and hopes of others, uh, financially, um, marketing, um, spreading the word um, um, in something, something, uh, some things are much simpler, like baking that pie, you know, for that group, you know, that gets together every week that's hungry, you know, <laughs> and needs to get that extra push to, to get through that dissertation so they can go to the college so they can make that, that speech about why, you know, they need this nonprofit organization. You understand? You see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. Or for, for my community in Brooklyn, da, 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 da. 
or, or um, you know, lending a service to keep the lights on for that small business down the street that does pantries every month that, you know, the kids go to, but they didn't get to pay the light bill. So maybe doing a quick solid for the month. And then when they get back on their feet, they'll pay you back because right. that's going to feed those kids down the block because their school closed because it's a 10 day closure from COVID. Okay. Right. Investment. Investment is in many forms. It's not always, you know, here's a thousand dollars or here's a hundred dollars. No, I'm talking about investing sometimes your time, investing your support, investing your belief in those who are trying and collaborating together with those. That is the bricks that lay that path that the future can walk on and continue your work from there. Does that make sense? Yes, that made perfect sense. I comprehended everything that you said. And I think that is something that is that is very necessary, especially in our communities, especially mm-hmm. here where where it could have more impact than if we did it somewhere else. You know, you do oh, it where, yeah. do it where you lay your head, and that is That's where you right. the and most. We lay our head in the Bronx. That's right. Bronx enough, man. That's right. And you know Bronx. that's you gotta have that Bronx unity, you know what I'm saying? Hey. That Bronx hey. unity. Hey. Something we got that we need. A lot of us got hit hard. No, 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 you know, saying that the one none borough wasn't more than the other, but mm-hmm. we went through some stuff. We, we went through it up here. We went through it. Big facts. Yes. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and you can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram <laughs> is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. We got to make sure we spell it. You know, it's long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. So, Andrea, if you do not know, every show that I do, I do Q&A from the listeners. And it's a great way just to keep them involved into the show, just to keep them listening. Um, And it's a great way for me to engage with them, you know, beyond when they hear me speak. You can send me a message about something and I'll respond to it. And it's a great way to keep, you know, keep people uh, listening. Great way. So what I want to do. They don't fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So what I want to do with you now is answer some of the questions that I've received from the listeners previously. We can answer them together and we can see what you think about the certain questions that they have asked you. So. Our first question that I have for you today is what weird food combinations do you really enjoy? Let's see what you have to say about this. Okay. Now, what weird food combination do I enjoy? Hmm. I like sushi with ranch. <laughs> Wait, I'm not done yet. Got half. I can hear half the audience like, <laughs> "What the?" Fill in the blank. <laughs> with, with barbecue sauce and ranch. <laughs> so you, so you like to go to get sushi with ranch dressing and barbecue sauce. We heard it all. We've heard it all on here. I had a. Um, 
<laughs> you heard it all on here. I had a guest um, who said they love chocolate chip cookies with mayonnaise. Oh, I did chocolate chip cookies. Wait, wait. I did that. Well, yeah, shaking your head like, nah, I ain't did it with, I ain't going to dinner with Joe. <laughs> nah, I had cookies with not mayonnaise, but um, what was that? Um, it was um, it was chipotle. Oh, it was a spicy. It was some spicy sauce. It was like, chipotle mayo. It was nothing. Huh? Chipotle mayo. Yes. Mm, 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 mm. Yum, yum. Delicious. You got to see now. You have to explain that to me. <laughs> beyond the beyond the sushi with the ranch dressing and the barbecue sauce, you got to explain that to me. What does a cookie with chipotle mayonnaise taste like? You gotta explain, <laughs> and not only explain it to me, explain that to the audience. What does that even taste like? And and then how do you even discover that? <laughs> okay, wait, my stomach hurts. Hold on. Okay. What happened? Chipotle oh. is spicy and it's hot. So it's I wanted to just see. I was just curious. I'm curious. with food, I kind of experiment anyway. And I like I started liking spicy, certain spicy flavors because before I couldn't stand them. And I just it just looked good. I just was wondering because chocolate chip is sweet, the cookie is sweet, the chips are sweet, you know. So I said, I wonder what it would be like to have a little kick, like a little a little heat and some spice, but still be sweet <laughs> at the same time. Uh-huh. So I tried it and I was like, oh, okay. So that if you get the sweetness at first and then after a while, it's like, ooh, you know, <laughs> and then it starts heating up and it's that spice, but you still get that sweet aftertaste. So I don't know. That's just me. Whatever. Okay. Well, guys out there, I'm, I'm the show. guys out yeah. there, I'm not going to try this, but if you guys try it, feel free to send me a message. <laughs> Let me know how that went for you. <laughs> and then maybe I'll read some of you guys' responses on the show. But I, I'm telling you, I'm not performing the scientific method on that. I can see. I can see the messages now. Oh, man, I heard. I, can I heard see the green bark emoji. <laughs> yeah, the little, the little sick emoji. I can see the green bark emoji. I can see the. The sick emoji. I can hear that's disgusting, nasty as blank, 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 blank. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the question is, what combinations do you really enjoy? Not what I like. That's right. Exactly. So I'm going to get some. Now I want some cookie. Dang, I want some cookie. Oh, well, mm. this is what we'll do. After when we wrap it up, you could treat yourself to a nice sleeve of chocolate chip cookies and all the Chipotle mayo that you want. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't understand, man. The chocolate chip cookies and mayo. So this is the second time I'm hearing it. So this is this is not like an isolated thing. This is a common thing. See, not not mayo. Chipotle. Chipotle mayo. mayo. Oh, you put a little right. wrinkle on. You put some seasoning on. Uh, spicy. Spicy. <laughs> What's next? Well, my stomach started. I can't talk. <laughs> So, Adria, the next question from the listeners that I have for you is, what recent experience has made you feel old? So I'm going to go first with this one. I got two for this one. The first one was I was speaking to a young person, a younger person, and um, we were talking about the Zodiac. 
And I asked, I said, what's your sign? And they said, Gemini. I was like, okay. Oh, so you're Gemini. I said, okay. So you're like, uh, Dr. Jack- you're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, no, you didn't. I thought that was a commonly known thing. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They looked at me with a twisted face and said, who is that? Who is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? And I looked and I said, there is no way. There is no way that you do not know that, that you do not know who that is. And I said, there's no, I cannot be that old where you don't know who Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are. And they really had no idea. We had to go on Wikipedia and I had to show them who this was. They really had no idea who it was. Oh, that's painful. That's that was I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Couldn't believe it. And then the next one was, you know, I love music. I love hip hop music. You know, I got my favorite little artist on the wall here. I see. And I was talking about, and I was like, I was singing, I was uh, I just said, um, I quoted Outcast. You know, Outcast, Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Yes, yes, yes. And um, yes. I was like, I think I said, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Nature. Right? And they were like, they were looking at, again, what? with the twisted face, like, shake it like a Polaroid picture. First, they didn't know what a Polaroid picture was. And t- okay. never heard of Outcast. Okay, I'm done. This was nice. <laughs> it was nice having you. It was nice being on. Thank you very and, much. And it, oh, uh-uh. it blew Come my on. mind. Like it blew, it blew my mind that they didn't you, know what a Polaroid picture was. Got to be kidding. And they had never heard of Outcast before. It blew my mind. And I'm like, I know okay. I'm not old. I'm not old. I'm in my late 20s. Yikes. I'm not. Yikes. But it's just funny just to see the differences in generation. <laughs> Oh God! You, that makes you, it worse. When you talk to like a twenty-year-old person or a nineteen-year-old <laughs> person, you're really like, "Wow!" Like, there's so much of the world that you haven't even seen. Like, wow! And I'm not even that much older than you are. Yeah. So those are the recent experiences that made me feel old, and I'm not old at all. <laughs> so I can understand the Polaroid. Well, I mean, yeah, I understand. Okay. Everyone takes pictures I, with their phone. Okay, I can now understand. And, I can understand the Polaroid. I, I, that that I can I can see you know all right I can see that depending on who you ask depending on who you ask and and actually I know some some teenagers and young folks between under twenty four who are like hip hop gurus they know more mm-hmm. about hip hop than me I'm like oh wait hold on how you you went back in the crate when they were still <laughs> when the crate wasn't even a crate like wow you know and I give them props yeah um but. What made me feel old was when I talked to my son about, oh, when I showed him a floppy disk. Ooh, I'm sure a he- hard, floppy <laughs> I'm sure disc. that blew his mind. He did not know what that was. Let me something. I showed it to him because my, my best friend brought it over and he was like, I don't know if this is yours or not. And he looked at it and was like, what? Like literally with the shoes, what are those? No, he was like, what is that? <laughs> With that kind of face, just take the one of those look and hand uh-huh. and just add that. What is that? <laughs> and I was like, it's a hard disk. And he was like, oh, you're talking about from the 50s? I'm done. Oh, gosh. Come on. I was like, first of all, excuse you. <laughs> this is not even created in 1950. It was okay? not. And like let's 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 educate you real quick. I said, "Hold on, who you been hanging around 
but I need to address that right now. And he's just looking at it and just exploring it and he's like flipping it over like, wow, this is, how much? And then that's when it came back to forward of current time. He's like, 1.44 megabit. That's it? <laughs> that's it? How did you, fu- <laughs> wait, there's a finale. How can, how did you guys function on something so primitive? I wow. the freaking room. Wow. I walked out of the room and said, I need to speak to you later because you <laughs> Yeah, you know, the kids are literally the kids nowadays are born. <laughs> they are born with all of this technology in their hands. Like, you know, like they're born using being familiar with all of this, with all this stuff. So when they see stuff from back in the day, floppy disks and old CDs. You know, like they really like shocked by it or even yeah. just like old music or old yeah. technology like Polaroids. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. really like just blown away by it because they've never mm-hmm. seen it before. But Literally. that was cute. Oh, that was a cute moment. Talk about how did you guys function? <laughs> <laughs> function well enough for you to have what you have. Right. right now. I uh, function well enough. I brought you here. We okay. was functioning. All right. We was doing all, all right. right. It was funny. He, he, I know he didn't mean. I know he was kind of messing with me, but it was just the moment was just. <laughs> yes. So, don't feel bad out there, youngins. All you got to do, the internet again is available to you. When we, when us old heads say something that you never heard of before, you just gotta oh. Google it. Just Google it. So As you I say, say Google it. Like, it. Google it. So when I say <laughs> shake it like a Polaroid picture, and you looking at me with the stink face. <laughs> Just just hit the Google, man. Just hit Google. That's what I'm going to just do now. Instead of taking it first, I'm just like, you know what? Google it when you have time. Just, I, you know, I don't have really time to explain it to you, but Google it, though. When you get like five minutes, just Google it, and you'll know what I mean. You're going to know that. Exactly. That's going to be our creative solution for it. Exactly. <laughs> just Google it. Just Google it. And the last question I have for you from the listeners is, hmm. who would you most like to sit next to on a 10 hour flight and why? I have a vision of a dreamy black man. His name is Denzel Washington. <laughs> I Listen, I'm as someone who is named Denzel, as someone who is named Denzel and literally named Denzel after Denzel Washington, I've heard this too many times <laughs> to count. Over, let's say over a million times in my lifetime. Okay. The the way that people have the love for Denzel, including my own mama, including my own mama, is something that is like it's it's wild. It's wild. Like these pe- people who are strangers, and once they find out my name is Denzel, they instantly like they instantly change. They like you, they Denzel. really like you. Wait, no, you don't. You just like my dang on name. Denzel. <laughs> You have to explain to me, as someone who is a Denzel lover, and maybe yeah. I should ask my mom too. No, you ask me. She named she named me it. Why do all of my black women love Denzel Washington so much? Okay, they I can't speak for all of them, so I'll just speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gorgeous, he's beautiful. <laughs> he is a gorgeous specimen of, of black chocolate. <laughs> Men, <laughs> okay, that's the first thing. But that's from the visual. But I actually met him 
Oh, really? For two minutes, yes, for two minutes. So it, it was like really quick when he was in New York City. I cannot remember the year, but I know it was one of my birthdays, which I have a lot of. <coughs> oh, and um, <laughs> and I went to see him when he was playing in the uh, when he was in the play Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. He was Brutus. Okay. Yes. And so after the show, he was outside in a specific area taking autographs and he autographed oh. my playbill. And um, just his, I, you know, it could have been anything, but I didn't think of anything negative. Just the fact that he was out there, number one, he didn't have a whole big security detail and he was signing autographs. He was saying hello. He was talking, having conversations with people. He wasn't like, okay, thank you very much. And keep going. No. Um, and, and actually conversing. When I came up to him, he had a very calm, you know, relaxed demeanor. And he said, hello, how are you? How's everything? Did you enjoy the show? And stuff. And we had a conversation for about a minute and a half. And you get an energy. An energy that I got was just a very down-to-earth, warm person. Okay? And that made me grow, besides the fact that he's a multi-talented actor. His talent, his, his, his talent, his abilities are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's an excellent actor, but I seen it in his eyes. He just has this very genuine, you know, coolness about him that's not arrogant. At least not that I saw, not that I perceived. Um, and he is actually the way he looks in person on camera. He had no makeup. You know, he looks exactly the way he does on in person that you see on camera. I kid you not. Okay, and so as I was walking away. My family, one of my family members, you know, put me on blast that it was my birthday. And um, he was like, it's my so-and-so's birthday. And he was like, oh, hey, why didn't you say something? Come back. And he came back and he wrote, happy birthday. He told me happy birthday. Oh, man. I was like, oh, my God. That's great. But to get on the plane, to be on a plane with him for 10 hours, um, I just want to talk about his work. I just want to talk about, you know, what was it like? What's it like being a Hollywood celebrity as an African-American male mm-hmm. in Hollywood? I would like to know where he's traveled and what it was it like. What was the reception like overseas, you know, raising a family? If he was willing to talk about it, you know, what's it like being away from home and having to try to raise your children and being married with your wife? I'd want to ask just real talk questions. Yeah. I just would, would want to have a real talk conversation that people would probably would never know what it's like to be in the life and be, you know, what was it like struggling? Right. You know, kind of questions that you're asking me, like what made you keep going? What motivated you? You know, what was it like being in the boys and girls club? You know, um, all those questions, like things like that. And I think maybe we wouldn't talk for 10 hours straight, but I know we probably would have a very rich conversation you know, what roles do you absolutely refuse to take for integrity's sake? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. That's, see, that's and why? Because okay. I want to know his journey. Because I yes. want to know what inspired him, what see, motivated him. I, I'm, getting, I'm getting a little more insight into the psyche of the lover of Denzel Washington. You know, my <laughs> mom, like... She just told me straight up. She's like, you know, I named you Denzel after she said she was watching Mo Better Blues and mm. she watched Malcolm X and mm. she knew and she was watching all his other old movies like The Mighty Quinn 
and mm. like uh philadelphia even though philadelphia is really mm-hmm. good i love very philadelphia. good movie very good and she was just like she knew she said if i have a son i'm gonna name him denzel that's she mm. just was sitting at home just watching the movie you know they had you know the vcr back then just mm-hmm. watching the movie sitting back relaxing and she was just watching mm-hmm. she was just like if i have a son i'm gonna name him denzel mm. straight like that she wanted to mini- she wanted to manifest that denzel swag mm-hmm. in her head like oh manifesting i'm manifesting That's right. my son even denzel and whatever the spiritual energy that he had will hopefully will manifest into the universe and come through my womb into my child <laughs> Accurate, one hundred percent accurate. One hundred percent accurate. One DNA necessary. <laughs> My answer to that question, I was thinking about it. Like, who would I really just want to like sit and have a chat with? It got to be my guy, Dave Chappelle. I'm mm. so I'm so intrigued and interested by Dave Chappelle because he had a he had his own stroke. He started doing his comedy when he was fourteen years old. In Washington, D.C. Wow. 14. He started doing open mics and doing stand-up sets. He worked his career. He got his first, he got his first break. Um, in uh he was in uh what was the movie? Half Baked. He did his own movie, Half Baked. People hated it. People love it now, obviously hindsight, but like at the time, people yeah. hated it. No one lo- like no one understood it really. They thought it was yeah. thought it was horrible. Then he gets yeah. another break with the Chappelle show. And the Chappelle mm. Show becomes the biggest show in the world. I was in the sixth grade and the seventh grade when Chappelle Show was at its height. And it was mm. a lot of cursing in it, so I had to sneak and watch it. Yeah. So yeah. the Chappelle Show went crazy. It was the biggest show on television. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he leaves. He leaves the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He disappears. You don't see him. You don't hear from him. Yeah. You don't know where he is. You don't know mm-hmm. what has happened. He's right. gone. Then he returns and he returns like he never left. Mm -hmm. He comes back. He starts telling the stories about why he decided to leave the show Mm -hmm. about his, how he wouldn't compromise his integrity for money. He Mm -hmm. wouldn't sacrifice who he was at his core for money. He wouldn't Mm -hmm. allow the evils of the world to taint his mind and he needed to escape from it. Yeah. Then he comes back. <clears throat> he does Saturday Night Live. He, you know, he announces his return. Then he mm-hmm. does his amazing comedy specials. Then you hear him appearing on podcasts like Joe Rogan. And you're like, and I'm just, I sit back and I look at him and I just, I look at him with the biggest eyes. I probably look at Dave Chappelle the way you look at Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, like, I just want to like speak to him and just, just mm-hmm. hear something. Like, you know, he's an mm-hmm. amazing comedian. He's very aware about culture, society, and history. Mm. And he's just like one of the most interesting people to me in the world. So yeah. I would I would be talking his ear off. I would hopefully I have my phone there so we could record and I could put make it a podcast. You know, just wow, him talking off the cuff. Oh, boy. But yes, that's that is like I want to manifest that. I want to be somewhere and manifest just so happen it. to meet Dave Chappelle because that Making is he's like distance. he's like the most interesting guy to me in the world. Yeah, he is phenomenal. He is. I saw his documentary and his story is phenomenal. I have the utmost respect for him. He's, he, he's the greatest. He is an amazing man. Yeah. Amazing man. And I'm, um, if I had to pick other people, now that I think about it, if I could pick two other people off the top of my head, it would be James Old Jones. 
Oh, wow. James Earl Jones. Wow. Oh, boy. And if she were alive, Maya Angelou. Of course. Of course. If I could just have lunch with Maya Angelou, if I could just have an hour with that powerhouse, Mm -hmm. with this amazing soul, my God. Right. I think I would cry. (laughs) But you you see, that's, that's, that's like what's so beautiful about the people who come before. Like, you remember how you felt when you first maybe read a Maya Angelou poem. Mm. Remember how you felt, you know, my mom get that feeling of watching a Denzel Washington movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why we have to keep doing what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. like the same way how you're doing your art and you're helping raise money for awareness in the mental health arenas and stuff that mm-hmm. affects people. And even though maybe we may not be get to Hollywood, we may mm-hmm. not get to see our name on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or anything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like what we're doing and in, 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 in the way that we have chose to do it is what will keep us alive or what keep, will keep our memory alive. And there's going to be a person out there that says, you know, I remember meeting Andrea and we sat and we had a nice talk about, you know, mental health awareness, or we had a nice chat about art. Or, you know, she showed me the work that she does in the community. And they're going to say, I remember how that affected me. I'm seeing that right now. Random people who hit my phone and say, I really enjoyed listening to your show. Who don't know me at all. And it's just like, back to the motivation. It's like, I know that I cannot stop. Because the people who did it before us, legends like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Thurgood Marshall, Frederick Douglass you know, Harriet Tubman, Nat Turner, the list goes on. And and people yeah. like Dave Chappelle, who we love, or Denzel Washington, or yeah. Maya Angelou, or whomever, Michelle Obama, whoever, yeah. they have an effect on us and they Ooh. leave a lasting impression in, in our minds that is priceless. Mm-hmm. There's no amount of money mm-hmm. that you can get that will make you remember the first time you saw, the first time I laughed at a Dave Chappelle joke. Mm-hmm. There's no amount of money that's gonna, you know, bring that back to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I just do my pod and I just think about that. Like, wow, like, mm-hmm. even if it's not the biggest podcast in the world, mm-hmm. there are people who listen to this and mm-hmm. Denzel will leave a lasting impression in their minds. <laughs> that is, again, why I just keep doing it. I just like, well, I won't stop doing it. And I hope that you won't ever stop doing what you're doing. Or hopefully you've inspired enough people so they could pick it up and carry it right, when you have yeah. to stop. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. just like, you know, when I just think about those things, when I think about my place on this world or why I'm here, you know, no one really knows, but you yeah. just like, you it just have this feeling you went for it and look at, I just, I don't even think about it in terms of money. You know, everyone thinks no. is worried about money. I'm just worried about cultural contributions. That's all I'm worried yes. about. Yeah. That's all I'm worried about. How can Denzel help? The community, how can Denzel spread his messages out? And yeah. how will Denzel be remembered? That's the only things that I think about. And that's what I, yeah. I'm so, and I respect that so much because that's what I wrote down. That one question, and I'm going to write it again. How will I be remembered? What am I going to leave behind? What am I going to leave behind? What, what influence can I leave behind for my children, for my community babies, for myself? What impression will I leave with the people I knew? What would they say about you when you pass away? Right. What would they say about you when you return to the essence? Right. 
you know, and I, and I thought about that as I've gotten older, you know, often, and I want to be remembered as someone who tried to make or did make a difference. Even if it's someone that said, well, she made some a difference in my life, she made me think, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be celebrity. You don't have to be a celebrity. It could be your neighbor. It could mm-hmm. be your best friend. It could yep. be your family member. We we inspire each other. We inspire each other, and I want to help, you know, that memory, that understanding, you know, in my own way, however way I can, that, you know, you inspire people. You can inspire someone. You can make some money. You can help some money be the better person they want, even if it's something as simple as hello. You know, right. again, the power of the human spirit, the mm-hmm. energy. We're just a magnificent being. We really are when we're at our best. Yes. And we believe in our best and we know who we are. We're just like phenomenal in these organic bodies that we, we walk around in. Indeed. Wait, we got to give you more. Got to give you more poetry snaps. <laughs> we got to give you more poetry snaps for that one. <laughs> manifest, 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 manifest the best of the Yes, world. yes. Enlightened and not in control. Yes. We are beings of higher creation. Another temptation on that is always manifestation. We are so, so high, so bright, so shiny. No one else can think we're small or tiny. We live in a world where everything is so spinning. Manifesting is all we can do. It's not the end, it's the beginning. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Man, wow. So, man, Andrea, man, I just, I want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for spreading out these messages that you spread on this short time that we had together and in, and in your day to day. Thank you for bringing awareness to these issues. Thank you for being such a, a, a devoted member of the community. Thank you for putting on for the borough, the Bronx. And man, I wish you, I wish you nothing but, <laughs> I wish you nothing but immense success in the future and anything that you think about putting your mind to all the million things that go on in your mind. I hope that you have success in all of them. And thank you so much, so much for coming on the show. And what we're going to do at the end here, we're going to wrap it up. I want you to reiterate your name and all the places that people can find you, the full shameless plug. Let the people know where they can find you and where you are, please. I will. And thank you again. I am truly, truly blessed to be on here. Thank you for my first podcast experience. Yes, this was my first. And I will never forget it. I am humble. Many blessings to you. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for providing this. I am very, very grateful that you took my message. You can find me, Andrea Marie. You can call me A Marie. That is how everybody calls me at, and primarily at Instagram. At distractible me, D I S T R A C T A B L E N E. Okay. And in that, you will see my link tree. And my link tree has the handle to my apparel store. It has a handle, I mean, it has the link to my um, NAMI page where I have my new team, Team 2021. Let's get it. Raise that for mental health. And um, it will also include my website that's coming up at the end of this month. That's going to have all my merch because I'm going to be closing my bonfire at the end of the month. It's going to have 
everything, all my art, all my merch, all of it, all in one place. So I cannot wait. But right now, that's where you can find me. You want to find me? Find me on Instagram for sure. Yes, 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 yes. And it is tradition around here to allow the guest. We yeah. allow the guest to Uh-oh. choose a song that we fade out our podcast with today. So, Miss Marie, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? Oh, I thought you were going to offer me some cookies and chipotle. A <laughs> <sighs> song? That's it? No, I'm playing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would love to hear um, Three Little Birds by my favorite artist, Bob Marley. All right. Thank you once again so much for coming on the show. Much love and much success to you. And more life, more life. And keep dropping them jewels that make you want to just snap like you heard the best poem. Yeah, that's a Bronx shout out. Yeah, Bronx is in the building. (laughs) We out, we out. Much love. Round of applause for Miss Andrea Marie Round of applause. Now, before we get out of here, we got to talk about maybe two things. I hope that I can get them in a quick fashion. Um, the first that we need to discuss the fir- is very important is the recent tragedy that happened in Atlanta, um, where the uh, 21-year-old man ran into a spa and... Uh, murdered eight people i'm gonna i have some information on it this is according to the wall street journal the headline reads atlanta spa shootings what do we know about the victims and who is robert long it reads eight people many of them women of asian descent were killed in three shootings at massage parlors in the atlanta area police have identified and detained a suspect mr long has been charged with eight counts of murder and one count of aggravated assault, officials said, is being held in the Cherokee County without bond. He waived his right to an attorney, officials said. With the help of state and highway patrol, officers said they were able to track Mr. Long as he drove south on I-75. Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottom said at Wednesday that Mr. Long was en route to Florida, and she thanked law enforcement officers for their quick work in arresting him. This could have been significantly worse, she said. It is very likely that there would have been more victims. Officials said that they found a 9mm gun in Mr. Long's car and are running forensic tests to determine whether it was used in the shootings. It was the only weapon they said that they found. The Cherokee Cherokee County Sheriff's Department office shared on social media some surveillance images from the scene, and Mr. Long's family immediately called in. Sheriff Frank Reynolds said, noting that the family has continued to cooperate with the investigators. Six of the victims were of Asian descent, officials said, and at least four of those were of Korean descent, South Korea's foreign ministry said on on Wednesday. The Cherokee Sheriff's Office on Wednesday released the names of the victims in the Ackworth shooting. And I'm not going to say their names because I just want to protect their privacy and allow them to rest in peace. I'm not going to say their names. Um... The ethnicities of many of the victims have prompted concern that the shootings could be a hate crime toward Asian Americans. After the shooting, law enforcement officers in New York, Seattle and Atlanta said that they were closely monitoring Asian American communities as a precaution. 
reports of hate crimes targeting Asian Americans have increased in some U.S. cities since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, which was first identified in China. Law enforcement officials said Wednesday that Mr. Long acted alone and took responsibility for the killing. Mr. Long targeted these businesses in retaliation for, quote, providing an outlet for his addiction to sex, law enforcement officials said. Representatives for the establishment could not be immediately reached for comment. Atlanta Deputy Police Chief Charles Hampton Jr. said Thursday that investigators in the city were still considering all options, including whether or not this was a hate crime. Nothing is off the table, Mr. Hampton said in a briefing. Cherokee County, which is also investigating, said Wednesday that Mr. Long told investigators it was not racially motivated, said Captain Jay Baker of the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office. The Federal Bureau of Investigation in Atlanta said is assisting local law enforcement in the investigation. We are still paying an assistance role in the local investigations. If in the course of local investigations, information comes to light of a potential federal violation, the FBI is prepared to investigate, said Kevin Rosen, a spokesman for the FBI's Atlanta field office. And I'm not going to spend much time on this, but this is a true tragedy. This was a disgusting act by a deeply troubled individual but i'm not here to make excuses for him you know i saw something that was extremely troubling and i have the clip for you i'm going to play it shortly of a the the believe the man's name is captain baker captain j baker of the sheriff's department in that town and basically they tried to he tried to say that he just had a bad day you know and and that is unacceptable because that then takes away some of the responsibility of the man who perpetrates the act. Whatever excuses that they are, that is trying to be used to justify his actions is unacceptable. This man was of sound mind, took a firearm into three separate locations and executed murders against Asian Americans. And regardless of what He's going on in his mind, a sex addiction or whatever excuses that they will try to fabricate. This is unacceptable. And I've had bad days for so many. I've had so many bad days. <laughs> I've had so many bad days. Okay. I've had days where I didn't want to wake up. I've had days where I didn't want to go outside. I've had days where I was struggling with my employment. I've days where I was struggling in school. I've had bad days. We've all had bad days. We're human beings. But to say that he just had a bad day and that somehow makes it okay for him to perpetrate this act is ridiculous and it's very offensive. It's so offensive. It's so offensive to the people who, the, to the community of Asian Americans, basically you're telling them, okay, a white man can have a bad day and kill you. And it's okay because he had a bad day. The message that it sends to the families of the victims Oh, you know, he just had a bad day. So he killed your family member to their friends and et cetera, to the community. You know, is is such a, a such a poor message. It's such it's such a it's such a disrespectful point of view, in my opinion. I think it's extremely unacceptable. I think it's extremely hurtful. I, I hope that this man is forced to resign based off his comments because this is completely insensitive. And this is why I don't like police. This is I mean, you know, we've had 
episodes about me talking about the police since way back is like what's episode 17 you know of this podcast we've i've been talking about the police you know with the george floyd situation with the Breonna taylor situation with the racial and civil unrest all those things i've been talking about the police and how the police are not there for the protection of non-white people and that's just what i think we can look at all the examples of how a white person who murders is treated compared to black victims who are targeted by police or black people who do the same thing and the consequences are much worse. We've had a number of domestic terrorists in the country and it's recent. It's We had Dylan Roof who murdered nine black people in South Carolina. We had Cal Rittenhouse who attended the George Floyd protests and murdered people. We had this young man, Robert Long, We've had the man, I believe in Tennessee, I don't know his name, who set off a bomb and blew up an entire street. And the way that it is received, the way that the public handles it, news outlets and police, they try to paint them as they're the victim. That extenuating circumstances in their lives were the catalyst for their destructive acts and that that should absolve them, even if they don't say it that way. Even if they don't say that, they but the way that their tone and their manner of speaking is that should absolve them from the crimes that they committed because of their circumstances, and that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I'm gonna I'm gonna pl- first play you the clip from Captain Jay Baker, and I'm gonna read you a small thing on it, and then we conclude conclude with it. But rest in peace to all the victims that had their lives tragically taken away. This young man, Robert Long, is a troubled individual. And he needs to be held to the utmost extent of the law. That's just a fact. The family members and friends have lost their family members and friends. And they need to see that the man who perpetrated this act is held to the utmost extent of the law. But um, here's the clip in question where the sheriff is trying to take some of the sting off of what this man did by saying he just had a bad day. For the investigators, they interviewed him this morning, and I, uh, they got that impression that, yes, he, he understood um, the gravity of it, and he was pretty much fed up and kind of at the end of his rope, and um, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. Remorseful? Uh, I'm not going to go to, I don't know if he was remorseful or not. He's a pretty young guy with his. And that, you see how he was fed up, he was at the end of his rope. It's basically him trying to soften it like, he was somehow justified in what he did. And the same courtesy would not be applied to a black person, to an Asian person, to a Hispanic person. And that is just why I believe the cops, the police departments are just fundamentally a torment to the minority community. You know, the police are not here to protect us. They're here to protect them. That's just my opinion. I'm not here to try to tell anyone how to think. I'm not here to do that. I'm just explaining my opinion. This is what I feel about this. You know, the police department's origins was runaway slave patrol. (laughs) Please, if that is the racist origin of the organization, what do you think? (laughs) What do you think that these people will do? Why do you think so many white people are in high positions of power in police unions? Come on. Come on. So the plot thickens with this with this man, Jay Baker, who who said these hurtful remarks I'm going to read you a small article here. Uh, This says the Cherokee County Sheriff's Department has officially issued a statement on Captain Jay Baker's bad day comment. 
County Sheriff Frank Reynolds expressed regret over any heartache Baker's words may have caused, insisting the captain did not intend to disrespect the victims or downplay the horrific tragedy that has left eight people dead. Captain Baker had a difficult task before him, and this was one of the hardest in his 28 years of law enforcement, Reynolds wrote. I have known and served with Captain Baker for many years. His personal ties to the Asian community and his unwavering support and commitment to the citizens of Cherokee County are well known to many. On behalf of the dedicated women and men of the Cherokee Sheriff's Department, we regret any heartache that Captain Baker's words may have caused. So basically, this guy, Reynolds, is doing the same thing Baker did. Oh, you know, he just had a bad day. That's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. But there's more. A Georgia official, Jay Baker, is facing mounting backlash over his alleged anti-Asian posts. Jay Baker of the Georgia Cherokee County Sheriff's Department has been accused of promoting racist, xenophobic graphic T-shirts that read, quote, COVID-19 imported virus from China. The post featured several close-up images of the shirt designs as well as the print shop where they could be purchased. And his caption when he promoted these shirts was, place your order while they last. He posted another one that said, I love my shirt. Get yours while they last. So this is what I'm saying. This is what I continue to say when I speak about police and how they encounter non-white citizens. The police... The police department or whatever sheriff's department or law enforcement is fundamentally at its core racist. And they are not hired to protect and serve. They're hired to to protect their interests, in my opinion. Again, all in my opinion. And something like this where you see how he will try and manipulate media to try to make this guy seem like, oh, he was just a, a regular guy who had a bad day instead of saying this guy is a criminal, a terrorist and should be held to the utmost extent of the law. And you see why they act like this when white people commit murders. When Dylan Roof murdered nine people, they took him to Burger King. When Cal Rittenhouse murdered two people in a protest, he waved to the cops. The, po the police let him walk by. This is something that continues to happen. You cannot blind your eyes to it and say, oh, this is just an isolated incident. Or, oh, oh, there's just, you know, not all cops are bad. Well, listen, if you re represent this organization that is funded, fundamentally evil, then how can you separate it? And that's just my opinion on it. You know, I just want to say rest in peace to all of the victims um, who were murdered in this tragic occasion. And I hope that they do their proper due diligence and do not let this man skate. He is a, a domestic terrorist who should be treated as such. And we've all had bad days. We're human beings. <laughs> we are human beings. We've all had bad days. The world is not friendly all the time. But if any person of minority went and perpetrated a, a, a heinous act, it wouldn't be no, oh, he just had a bad day for him. It would be lock this criminal up, this thug, and this menace to society. And you can't tell me that that shit is not real and that's not true. So again, rest in peace to all of the victims. And I hope that one, Jay Baker is fired or forced to resign. And two, that the perpetrator of this act, Robert Long, 
is held to the utmost extent of the law. And that's all I have on that. And with all that being said, that guys will wrap it up. Episode number 53 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. Special shout out and love to my guest for today, Miss Andrea Marie. I appreciate her coming on the show. I appreciate her, all the messages that she set out today. I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. I want you guys to have a great week and a great weekend out there. Be safe. Continue to use all your COVID precautions because COVID is real still. Um, and protect each other, protect your loved ones and your friends because the world is it's a crazy place, man. That's all I can say about it. That's all I can say. So just be safe out there. You know, protect your family and your friends and your loved ones, however way you see fit. And uh, I will speak to you guys next week. So I'm going to fade you guys out today with a great, great, great song, which is Miss Andrea Marie's Choice. It is called Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. And this has been the Bronx Buys Podcast, episode number 53. We are out. Oh